everybody, and welcome to Monmouth College Conversations. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. And every week during the academic year, I sit down with members of the Monmouth College community to talk to them about their interests, what they do, and things they've done. In this 23rd edition of Monmouth College Conversations for the 2023-2024 school year, we'll find out which Super Bowl ads were hit, as well as which ones were amiss with Monmouth's marketing students and professors. This year's Super Bowl, affectionately known as Super Bowl 58 or Super Bowl LVIII, set numerous records. Its most noteworthy record was probably the number of viewers that it attracted. The game, which was produced by CBS and broadcast on CBS TV stations, the Nickelodeon Channel, and Paramount Plus streaming service, along with other outlets, attracted a record 123.7 million viewers, according to Nielsen Media Research. That's more than one-third of the total U.S. population. In order to run a national ad during this year's Super Bowl game, companies had to pay $7 million for just a 30-second spot. According to the Wall Street Journal, many ads cost that much alone to produce, and some even cost more. One brand, BetMGM, spent about $50 million on its Super Bowl ad blitz. In other words, a lot of money is spent on the Super Bowl, and not all of that goes to grocery stores or to betting windows. In Mama's Business and Economics Department, it's become a tradition to analyze, evaluate, rate, and grade each year's Super Bowl TV ads. This year, the task of evaluating the Super Bowl ads fell upon students in Professor Amanda Cleland's marketing class. They were joined by fellow business faculty member Tom Prince, who himself is a veteran of the advertising and marketing world. Incidentally, almost every year, the collective opinion of what Mama's students think was the best Super Bowl ad differ from the top ad of the vaunted USA Today ad meter. This year's top Super Bowl ad, according to the USA Today ad meter, was State Farm's Like a Good Neighbor. But according to about the two dozen students in the Monmouth marketing class, the clear commercial winner during this year's Super Bowl ads was the Dunkings. And that was a spot for the coffee and donut company Duncan. It featured actor Ben Affleck and his wife, actor-singer Jennifer Lopez, as well as actor Matt Damon and pro football legend Tom Brady. Tom Prince says that some brands willingly spent seven or eight figures to produce and air an ad during this year's Super Bowl game for a very simple reason. Uh, you'd, you'd spend $7 million to try to get your brand in front of the largest domestic audience we have annually. Reached approximately over a third of the citizens in the United States. So that's a huge audience. If you can put your brand in front of them in a positive light, then it it is a it's very positive for your year for your marketing schedule for the entire year so having this positive exposure getting out there having people talk about it uh, what else could a brand want as long as it's positive if it's negative you've hurt yourself and you've been doing this for a number of years and rarely has the class ever agreed with the uh, national rankings of what was the number one ad uh, what, what does that say to you 
Well, number one, this is a student class, so the demographics of this particular class would not be the target audience to a great number of the advertisers that bought ad time during the Super Bowl. Um, So we look at the generational effect that it would have. Who's the target audience? What is the appeal? Is it an emotional appeal, a humorous uh, appeal? And this this particular target audience would tend to be uh, enjoying things that are relevant to them, more humorous, using personalities that they relate to. And that's not all the ads in the Super Bowl. So it's not uncommon for this particular demographic to not necessarily agree with the national average. Humor was big. He's mentioned to the class in this year's ad and talked about how maybe it was a little bit more nostalgia in the past, but humor was more prominent this year. And what was the reason for that, do you think? In my opinion, we came out of the pandemic where a lot of national brands during the Super Bowl didn't know what to say. They couldn't. It was hard to be humorous at a time where there was great confusion, uh, national stress, if you will. So now that we have come out of at least the pandemic fears and we're getting back into a new norm, if you will, uh, we start to look at it and say, it's okay to inject humor into our advertising again because we're past the point where we're afraid of saying, is it too soon to be funny again? Amanda, biggest television event since the moon landing. Um, I don't know. What does that say about the Super Bowl or about the audience or about advertising in general that uh, now it's, I guess, become sort of an advertising event with a football game? It's essentially the Super Bowl of advertising as well. So one of the things that we talked about in the beginning of class was how many eyeballs are on the Super Bowl. We want to be where people have their eyeballs. And that's the big thing about the Super Bowl of these commercials is they get so many eyeballs on it. This was the most watched American broadcast after the moon landing here in 2024. Super Bowls are always the most watched broadcast in in the United States. So this is prime time for brands to get the word out there, to get awareness, to get people to adore their brands, want to buy their products and services. Did the humor also come out to you as well as being a big theme? And as Tom mentioned, because of the fact that we're coming at, came out of a pandemic and some other things that maybe it was time to laugh a little bit. I think humor was, I, I saw two main themes of most of the Super Bowl ads was the incorporation of humor. I would say a majority of the ads incorporated um, very lightheartedness, jokes, humor, and also a lot of celebrity cameos. We saw a lot of celebrities, some celebrities making multiple appearances across multiple commercials. Is there a risk in that? Can a celebrity be associated with too many brands or can one brand be confused for another because Tom Brady was in another ad and someone else's ad as well? I think only if they become the face of the brand is there some confusion. Or if you choose the wrong spokesperson for your brand, as Subway with Jared Fogle has learned, choosing the wrong person if they do something bad uh, can be. But I don't think, especially when everyone else is doing it, there's so many celebrities involved, um, it almost made it added another element of humor about how many times we saw Tom Brady. 
Christopher Walken was popular. Um, is it surprising to you that college students find him to be a, a popular person, popular figure? Because kind of associate maybe more with the films of the 1980s and 90s, maybe the early part of the 21st century, not the 2020s. Obviously not. We have, again, these are young students. They're 20, 19, 20, 21. They're Gen Z. They thought the Christopher Walken commercial was one of their favorites. So obviously it's it spans across multiple generations his his appeal. And you all had multiple generations analyzing these ads too. I thought that was interesting and how some of the ads appealed to all three generations represented in the room. They did. Uh, we all liked the the Christopher Walken BMW commercial, which uh, we had Gen Z, were the students, I'm a millennial, Tom is a baby boomer, and a lot of them, all three generations, we we enjoyed. And that's the thing about humor. Humor has the ability a lot of times to, to span multiple generations. And Tom, too, I guess, when you look at the fact that three generations like some of the ads, yeah, it gives us a little hope as a society that we can come together, that maybe humor can bring us together or certain problems products can bring us together across generations and across divides. It does. And it, uh, I think it also shows the power of good marketing and advertising where you can span generations. You, you may not purchase it today, but somewhere in the future, you may be interested in that brand because you saw it as a younger person or you respected something that your parent or grandparent purchased and you like that brand for that reason. So yes, advertising and marketing is multi-generational uh, when it's done correctly and when it has the right framework and appeal attached to it. And isn't it great that you have classes small enough in the marketing program here at Monmouth that you can have these kind of meaningful discussions about big national world events, I guess really for the Super Bowl, and students can interact and you all can have conversations about that. Well, it's it's important because what we're able to do is bring the events of the day into the classroom and make it real for students. It's real easy to talk about the Super Bowl and say, good game and some of the commercials were good. But if we can show the business reason, the marketing behind it, the advertising techniques behind it, and bring that real world into the classroom and get everybody involved, that's a special kind of marketing and advertising class. Amanda, I imagine you learn a lot as well from the rising generation in terms of what their taste and interests are by having this kind of conversation. I do. So um, I came directly from uh, corporate America, and Gen Z really hadn't entered the workforce at that point. So I really had no interaction with Gen Z, and I am learning so much about them. You're listening to Mammoth College Conversations. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Office of Communications and Marketing. I'm talking to the folks in Mama's marketing program about this year's Super Bowl TV ads, both the successes and the failures. But before we get back to our conversation, don't forget, Mama's outstanding theater program is presenting Julia Cho's charming play, The Language Archive. The production runs from February 15th through February 18th, and it's being performed in Mama's new theater space, the Hughes Library Studio Theater. I had a chance to see a rehearsal of the production the other night, and in a word, it's wonderful. The Hughes Library Studio Theater is a marvelous new space for the college's theater program, a real testament to the folks in the college's physical plant division who are responsible for that new space. This production is 
the perfect fit for it. And what, in fact, it's also a very good and a very entertaining play. All five students who appear in the Language Archive are outstanding. So is the set, which is by Peter Rule of the theater department. And Professor Todd Quick has once again directed another memorable play at Monmouth. You can order tickets for the Language Archive by going to the website, monmouthcollege.edu theater, and you can read more about the Language Archive in the news and events section of the Monmouth College website, monmouthcollege.edu slash news. Now let's get back to my conversation with the folks in Monmouth's marketing program by hearing from what three students in Amanda Cleveland's marketing class thought about the Super Bowl ads, including their favorite and less than favorite spots. Uh, my name is Blake Orwig. I'm a sophomore business administration major from Wyoming, Illinois, and my favorite ad was the BMW ad with Christopher Walken. So what did you like so much about the BMW ad? Are you in the market for a BMW? I am not personally in the market for a BMW today, but I like I like Christopher Walken. I thought the ad was entertaining with uh, impersonations of Christopher Walken. Is that what you looked for in the ads and evaluating them? What was the most entertaining? Is that how you remember that? Pretty much. Just enter, For me, it was entertainment value mostly. Were there any ads that just really fell flat with you that you thought, why in the world did they spend more than $7 million on, you know, producing this and then buying the time? Uh, ads, like I said, I, I went for ads that had entertainment value. The the Temu ad really got repetitive and wasn't wasn't really what I was looking for in an, enter- in, an entertaining ad. I'm Michele Clockinge. I'm from Delvin, Illinois. I'm a business and administrations major, and I'm a transferred sophomore. My favorite ad from this was probably the Dunkin's um, Dunkin' ad. And what was it about that that you liked? Are you a big fan of Dunkin' Donuts, or was it the uh, people who appeared in it? Yeah, I'm not a big coffee drinker, but I do enjoy their refreshers, and it was just a very visually interesting ad. It kept my attention. So what did you look for when you were evaluating the ads? Uh, obviously, this one you liked because it captured your attention. Were there other things about the ad, different ads that you looked at? Um, mostly I just go for entertainment, but it also had just an interesting concept with all of the um, actors in it wearing the track suits. It just seemed cohesive. Did it make you want to wear a tracksuit as well, Duncan tracksuit? Not really. The tracksuits actually reminded me of Vector from Despicable Me, but they were just interesting. So which ads do you think really fell flat? Was there one that just stuck out in your mind in terms of you thought it was just a waste of uh, airtime or internet time or whatever, however you watched it? So the Temu ones were definitely a little lackluster, but I also didn't really like the Snapchat one. That one just felt very uh, scattered and didn't have a central point to it. My name is Warren Reed. Um, I'm a sophomore. I'm a business administration major. Uh, my favorite ad was definitely the Kawasaki uh, 4x4. And um, I was just really liked Stone Cold Steve Austin. Are you in the market for that product? Do you use that product? Not, not particularly, but I kind of made me want to buy one. So when you look at the ads, what was it that resonated with you? Was it somebody that you admired or that you liked appearing in the ad? Or was it a product? Was it humor? Most definitely just um, the big impact was seeing Steve Austin in the ad. Like, just know that know him from somewhere else. So, and Which ads do you think just fell flat? 
I think definitely the Timu or the mayonnaise ad. And what was it about those that you didn't like? Uh, Timu just felt like it was over overplayed, um, definitely. And the mayonnaise, it just felt really awkward. Um, and I didn't really like the strangeness of it, I guess. So you're no more inclined to use that condiment? No, no, not at all. Those are three students from Amanda Cleland's marketing class weighing in with their assessments of this year's Super Bowl ads. You also heard from business professors Tom Prince and Amanda Cleland in the first half of the podcast. To read more about their Super Bowl ad project, you can check out the news story in the news and events section of the Monmouth College website. And to get there, just point your browser to monmouthcollege.edu slash news. That's a wrap on this 23rd episode of Monmouth College Conversations for the 2023-2024 school year. You can tell us what you think or add to the conversation by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put conversation in the subject line. Until our next conversation, this is Dwayne Bonifer, the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody, and have a nice day. 